0: Welcome to Spanreads, not your typical rereads podcast, a 17 chart series where we reread the Cosmere and our giant nerds about it. Unlike the traditional reread style, we won't be going through each book chapter by chapter, but instead looking at different themes and the placement of the books within the wider Cosmere. This time around, we are changing up the format just a bit. Instead of four episodes, we will be doing two, merging reactions and retrospectives with character relationships, which will have spoilers for this book and prior books in the series, and then tackling magic and Cosmere connections in a full spoiler episode. Today, we will be talking about Mistborn's Secret History. Joining me is Mish.
1: Hello, also First Rainbow Rose.
0: Jesse.
2: Hello, I'm Lady Laveness. Rosemary. I'm Kimith.
0: Katie.
3: I'm Aeonine.
0: And I'm Writer. So, Mistborn's Secret History, we're finally here. This is the book that kind of changed a lot of things because it's the most Cosmere heavy book.
1: But we're not going to be talking
0: about any of that this episode.
4: (laughs) No, instead, it's just Kelsier's shenanigans.
0: Today, we will be having spoilers for Mistborn Secret History, obviously, and only Mistborn Era
4: 1. So it's recapping time. The story opens with Kelsier l- using the 11th medal to see who the Lord Ruler could have been. But it doesn't help anything. He dies in a fit of bravado. Welcome to the Cognitive Realm, Cal. A man appears, surprised that Kelsier had let the Lord Ruler kill him. Kelsier realizes this is a god, so he does the most naturally Kelsier thing possible. He punches God in the face. Accusing him of doing nothing, Kelsier witnesses this god's physical I- instability. Uh, Basically, preservation is not quite all there. He's going. uh, Kelsey observes other dying ska moving to the beyond and decides he's not going to let it suck him away. He decides to call the god Fuzz as he keeps fuzzing in and out and and then reconforming. Uh, Kelsier wheedles and scams Fuzz into giving away more information, susses out the existence of the well in ascension and that the Lord Ruler moved it, and intuits that that it would be near at hand. He runs for the well and convinces Fuzz to preserve him by connecting him to it. So he survives. But is also trapped. The Lord Ruler's spirit appears near the well when Vin kills him. Kelsier sasses him too hard to get any useful information out of him. And the Lord Ruler scolds him while Fuzz tries to give him the you're dead speech. And then just goes beyond and goes, F you all, I'm done. (laughs) Kelsier spends some time being very bored. Very bored. So bored. He hears ruins whispers to the world and figures out how to ride the pulses out into the world and check things out. And then he follows the pulse in the other direction and meets Ruin, who is scary. Also, Fuzz's issues are getting worse. A drifter shows up, passing through the well on his way to visit the planet. He sasses the hell out of Kelsier and riles him up, making it clear to the fan base that this has to be Hoyt. Hoid makes a dive for the well, and the two of them fight. To Hoid's delight, he finds out th- that he can smack Kelsier around and eventually gets through to the physical realm. Kelsier quizzes Fuzz on how the Drifter slash Hoid slash Sephandrius, because that's what Fuzz calls him, managed to transition, and learns that it only works on people who are still alive. Damn it. Kel is shocked when he sees half of Fuzz's face is missing. Realizing how little he understands about how the world works, Kelsier resolves to learn the truth, giving him a focus to maintain his sanity. You know, what there is of it. He keeps studying Ruin, catching catching glimpses of the world. Questioning a very discombobulated Fuzz, he gets some clues that he had a plan, but Fuzz, or... Preservation, as he eventually figures out, is technically dead. The power remembers who it was, but he's not all there anymore. While Kelsier is arguing with Preservation, Vin and Ellen arrived in the well. Vin is set to take up the power, but Preservation is upset because he knows she's going to give it up. Kelsier uses Preservation's hand and knife to stab Ellen to try to get Vin to use the power to save him. Yep. That was Kelsier. But she's too selfless. She gives it up anyway and in so doing releases Ruin. Preservation leads Vin to the last nugget of metal. She feeds it to Vin and he becomes Mistborn and Pewter allows him to survive. Preservation then tells Kelsier, who is now free, that he had a very clever plan. He just can't remember it. He knows she can't hear him. Kelsier promises Vin that he will find a way to fix everything. Kelsier explores and Preservation points him towards a couple of people who are lurking around in the Cognitive Realm. They identify themselves as Chris and Naz, and know a lot more about everything than Kelsier does. Chris explains about shards and how ruin and preservation are but two of 16. She doesn't have what Kelsier needs to save the world, but she and Naz point him toward another potential source of that information. The Irie Preservation shows Kelsier a glimpse of infinity, and Kel realizes that he can't stop Ruin himself, but Vin can. He resolves to go to the Irie, not to ask for help they won't give, but to spy on and steal from them, because he's Kelsier. He stops a long way to rest and learns that he can talk to insane people, at least a little. When he reaches the edge, he calls for preservation, but instead catches Ruin's attention. Ruin tries to convince Kelsier that fighting is pointless, which leads Kelsier to suspect that he's on the right track. He finally reaches the fortress of the Irie and sneaks inside. He learns that they plan to take up Preservation's shard after he dies fully. But Fuzz had told Kel that Kelsier wasn't connected enough to take up the shard. So they clearly aren't either. So they must have some kind of secret. Further investigation finds they possess a sphere of power that would allow one of them to temporarily connect enough to... Pr- preservation to take up the shard. Kelsier decides to steal it. He waits until they set out on their expedition, follows them for a few days, and then begins impersonating Ruin, whispering ominous threats as they try to sleep. He then pulls a dread pirate's Roberts with a cookfire soul and a stolen cloak, scattering them in a panic. He uses his ability to sink through things to convince them that their leader has been disintegrated and most of the company flees. Kelsier sneaks up on the leader, takes out her guard, and scares her into leaving behind the orb. He takes up his prize and heads back to the final empire. After days of running, Preservation's disembodied voice leads Kelsier to Phaedrix, which to his relief is full of living people. He finds the drifter and out of desperation manages to warn Vin away from him, which of course is why Vin never talked to the second informant. Because Kelsier. He plays with Vin a bit, powered by preservation, but Ruin interrupts and has a gloating session. Kelsier can't approach Vin again, as Ruin has his number now and smacks him down every time he tries. When Phaedrix launches an attack on the Coloss, Kelsier learns that their departing souls are human, changed into monsters by spikes. Preservation shows him more, that people pierced by spikes are more influenced by Ruin. Finally accepting that he can't do anything with Vin, Kelsier leaves to try something else. But he's not gotten very far before he senses preservation's death and whose final words warn him that Ruin is attempting to splinter the power. So Kelsier uses the Eyrie Orb to take up that power until Vin is ready to do it herself. Which of course is why Ruin didn't splinter preservation in between the gods death and Vin picking it up. So yeah, Kelsier has been behind freaking every single little mystery in the original trilogy that didn't quite make sense. It's been Kelsier all freaking along. And now we're going to sing a song. Who's been messing with everything? It's been Kelsier all along! Who's been tugging every little string? It's been Kelsier all along! His appropriation of preservation! It's most food you hadn't noticed and the beauty is the beauty, 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 beauty. It's too late for ruins and to bring. Now that everything has gone wrong, thanks to Kelsier, frickin' Kelsier. It's been Kelsier all along. And he punched eighty-two, stretching his new legs. Uh, Kelsier does fine. He can't do much against Ruin's power, but he learns something disturbing. Vin is spiked. Kelsier interferes with Ruin's plans in Urto with Spook. After Spook pulls his own Spike, Kelsier is able to get through to him through their shared connection. After Spook saves the city, he's injured badly enough for Kelsier to have a proper conversation with him. He asks Spook to get the message about Spike's divin. He follows the messenger, only to bear witness as his brother, Marsh, under Ruin's control, murders the man and reads the message to Ruin himself. And at a vital moment later, when Marsh is about ready to kill Vin. And, man, that was a brutal scene in Hero of Ages, but uh, the vital moment, Kelsier interferes with Ruin's hold over Marsh just long enough for Marsh to rip Vin's earring out, thus allowing the mists to spill into her. The message was delivered to the right person after all. Kelsier lets go of preservation so that Vin can take it up. And he watches the fight between Vin and Ruin, bears witness to Ellen's death. Vin's sacrifice... Then happens, uh, leaves both powers loose. Uh, Kelsier is kind of tempted to grab one, but he's distracted by the appearance of Ellen's spirit. And together they watch Seyzed pick both powers up. Then Vin appears and the reunion is just so cute. It's adorable. Uh, And then Ruin's vessel shows up and the fandom holds their breath, waiting for delicious tidbits of Cosmere lore. AT says, confused, Vax? And Kelsier punches him, and then AT disappears. And the fandom cries out in anguish as one. So Ellen is to stretched towards the beyond, and Vin makes the choice to go with him. Uh, she says her goodbyes, and Kelsier is left behind. Kelsier chats with Sazed a bit and sets him his ambitions on a new goal. We chime jump to the end, where Spook is trying to learn how to be a king. Uh, he has a small spike made, puts it in, and Kelsier jumps out and goes boo. And he obviously recruits Spook to help him reconnect to the physical realm because. That is what Kelsier wants. The end.
1: Glorious as always. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Thank
4: you.
0: There's nothing quite like your
4: recaps. (laughs) (laughs) But you've never experienced me sing during one before.
1: No. I don't think we will probably ever experience it again, to be fair. At least I can carry a (laughs) tune.
0: Does anybody have anything they were excited about? for this reread things you forgot about things you remembered
2: something that rosemary's recap finally clued me into which i had not picked up on at all um until now is goradel taking the message and marsh finding him in my brain the person who always needed to find that message was marsh and i think that's still true But knowing how much Kelsier was behind the scenes, and if it wasn't for Kelsier, Marsh never would have been able to take out the earring. It was also for Kelsier. The message was also for Kelsier as well as
4: Marsh. Well, Kelsier got the message going. Kelsier's the one who told Spook to send the message, knowing that Ruin would intercept it. But I'm not sure how he knew it would be his brother that would get it, but... But,
2: yeah, I think that... That that's the part that I more mean. Like the the message was more than what was on the sheet. The message was also who got that message, and Kelsey yeah. needed to find out who got that message to play mm. his part in it. So And the, the fact that it was Marsh was was perfect. It's just poetic justice, right there.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
4: And there there was a line there at the end where he tells Ruin it's like you you picked the wrong brother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that one. line. I love oh. that line.
2: Imagine how destructive Kelsier would be for Ruin. Like if if he had been the one working for Ruin. Like It would have been bad. They would have been screwed. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Like same reason that Kelsier should not hold Ruin. Like that that's bad.
4: Yeah. Um yeah. yeah. oh. he, he he almost he he thought about it for a minute. And <laughs> I mean, he thinks about holding both of them, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Although I'm not sure that he could have picked preservation back up after he'd used no. that. Well, it's yeah. tricky
0: because like being a prior vessel of preservation mm-hmm. probably gives him a pretty healthy connection to it.
4: Yeah. yeah but he, he oh, was having the- trouble keeping hold of it there at the mm-hmm.
3: end. He was trying to, yeah. Yeah, it it did not like
4: him holding it at all.
0: No. Yeah. Secret history does hold a very like fond place in my heart because it was the first thing I ever beta read. It's funny because like I was told, recommended that I should reread Miss Burn Era 1, but given no reason for it, I'm like, okay, like, I like these books, I guess I'll reread it. And then I got the opportunity to beta read and I was like, oh, okay. Now that all makes sense. And oh my god, this book. (laughs) Ah, it is. The thing I like about this book is it's really the first time where, like, the Cosmere was front and center. Mm. Like, Brandon doesn't hold anything back. It's like, yes, there's 16 shards, like, Chris is there, the Irie are there, which we learned about this book.
1: It blew the Cosmere open for us.
0: It Mm. does. And it... It does also exemplify Mistborn in that, like, here's all of this information, and here's the stack of new questions you have because of all the other secrets that you didn't know were there, you now know about, but you still don't know what the se- they are. And I'm just like, ah, it's good. I want secret history too.
4: Yeah, yes. me too. Mm-hmm. Please, Brandon, please. we want some more. <laughs> <laughs>
1: i think that one of the scenes that i was the most remembered the most was the scene where vin and ellen and kelsey are all uh are talking there at the very end because Mm -hmm. one it made me bawl my eyes out the first time i read it because it was just such a sweet scene and two at least when it was when we were first reading it it was a very uh decisive i think is the word very polarizing scene because some people felt like Vin chewing Kelsey or out was kind of a little bit out of character for her and others were like, no, no her chewing Kelsey or out and being like, no, you're selfish still you still have a lot to learn is very in character and
4: i don't know that it's even like fully chewing him out she's just being honest with him and you know it it shows some of her character development that happened after kelsier's death Mm -hmm. that she became so much more confident and sure of herself Mm -hmm. and that she can see these things more clearly now
2: the kelsier that's there at the end isn't all that much different from the kelsier that died like he is still Mm -hmm. kind of the final empire kelsier Whereas Vin has gone through several years of intense character growth at that point and has grown up. So I'm not surprised that she is more forthright with Kelsey because she had a lot of time where she had to think through who he was and who they were to each other and how she would react to him if she ever did get that chance. Not that she would have known, but I think it makes a lot of sense that she acted the way she did.
0: Oh, 100%. And it's like, I've always thought like it was very in character for her, but actually rereading the scene, like it came across much less like chewing her, him out and more like just gentle chiding. Yeah. Cause it's like, she, she doesn't accuse him of anything. It's just like, she asked him the question It's just like, how much of that was for us? And how much of that was for you? It was a, as much a question... For Kelsier to be asking for himself, mm. then, like, I don't think, like, she was asking it for her sake. She was like, you need to consider this. You need to think about about this whole scenario. Like, you do love. I just don't think you understand love. Which is just such a... Such a it,
4: the whole scene is beautiful. And, and it like, really throws into relief just how badly Kelsier needs a crew in order to stay mm. on an even keel. Which... By the way,
1: I love him adopting Fuzz as part of his crew and Mm. character interactions. Him and Fuzz are so great together.
3: Yeah, pretty much everyone remembers this book as the mechanics book. And I remembered this book as like the book that opens up the Cosmere. And that was in my head. I kind of forgot how much I actually loved the relationships and character development in this one. It basically always fades out of my mind, but then as soon as I get back into it, I'm like, everyone is so sassy to each other, and I love this. This is Mistborn incarnate. This is exactly what it's supposed to be. Like, the changes in his relationship with Fuzz. Like, Laris greets him just like, oh, I think you know who I am. I'm God. And is like, okay, I'm gonna punch you. (laughs) And it and, just keeps going in the best way.
4: And then, as as his connect, you know, as his fondness of fuzz grows, he starts getting more and more worried about him. As he starts realizing that there's he's not in good shape at all. And he's like, oh crap!
0: And it's like Laros is like, we knew his name because that's where Larosium's name comes from. And we got a little bit of Ruin's personality in Hero of Ages. But, like, Laros was this big unknown. And then we finally get to meet him, and it's like, oh, you're just a cinnamon roll. Like, I love you. Like,
4: He tried his best. He, mm-hmm. he was trying his best. And it's always interesting to try to look for little hints of who they were underneath the Shard's influence. Because I think you can see maybe a little bit more of that out of Leris than you can from, from AT. Because AT's just been... Almost completely consumed by ruin. Yep. And it's one of the yep. disappointments about AT's appearance at the end is like, oh, we also get a glimpse of who he b- might have once been. And no, instead, he's just like confused and, huh? Poof.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm.
4: That's it? That's all we get?
1: Mm-hmm. No, there we is- get Kelsey or punching him too. Yeah. <sighs> Because mm-hmm. I, I still easy. wanted more. There's not a lot of relationships to discuss. There's...
0: Yeah, it's really... Kelsier and Laras is like the only relationship that... Because this is a novella, like it's much... And it's a novella that takes place in the cognitive realm. There's not a ton of people around. So like it is so character focused on Kelsier.
4: Mm-hmm. And you get a little bit between... Him and uh, and ruin. You get a little bit between him and Hoyd, which is hilarious.
2: I was about to bring oh. up him and Hoyd because I do think that is a a fun scene to watch from the outside because they could. I think they both have the personalities where they could either get along great or hate each other, mm-hmm. and it's just immediately gone down the they hate each other route. And that is
4: fascinating to watch. And if they had met under different circumstances, they could have been friends. But the, the way everything lined up when they met, Kelsier was just not having any of it. Yeah. Well, And the satisfaction
1: Hoyt gets from beating him up is always hilarious yeah. to read. He's like, oh, goody. And you can totally just picture him getting this like grin on his face that's like, and now I get to have fun.
4: I haven't yeah. hit anyone in millennia.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I'm actually going to disagree that they could have been friends. Because, like, I don't, I think they just straight up, like, don't get along. Like, I don't think they're compatible. And also, like, this wasn't the first time they met. They met in um, Final Empire. Like, Hoyd was um, one of the informants. Mm-hmm. So, like, Hoyd knows who... Kelsier is like Hoy does not like Kelsier,
1: but does but... Hoy not like Kelsier because he destroyed the pits and destroyed the no, infrastructure, I, or is it? No, it...
0: I don't think that has anything to do with it. Like it's a, oh, like oh, yeah, that's a so mild annoyance, good. but like I don't think that's the root of their issues. I think they're fundamentally un- discompatible.
2: It's also a scene where we see more of an insidious side of um, Kelsier as well, because up till now, like a lot of his murderous intentions have kind of been towards the bad guys and it's just I know when I read the final empire I just kind of accepted it it's like yeah you're killing the other people but they're like on the other side that's how the story goes whereas in this scene he's like pretty graphic with his descriptions of what he will do to Hoyd and being mm. dead serious about it and like really shows that that those murderous intentions um aren't good <laughs> i'd forgotten about how graphic that he was
1: i when forgot he- how graphic mm.
3: it was as well and, and how easily yeah. it came to him like he didn't have to sit there and think up something it wasn't a plot or or a a plan there he was just like okay i need a threat here let's start rattling off this one easy as that yeah
4: and i'm sure the social isolation was a mitigating factor here but he that that stuff's still all kicking around in his brain it's just closer to the surface right now
0: but like i think they fundamentally bring out the worst in each other because like this book also like brought into text things we knew from the annotations and words of brandon because brandon had said in mobs that like oh Kelsier and Hoy don't get along. Did we didn't know what that meant? Uh, meant until this book is like, oh yeah, like no, they do not get along no. at all. But like, we also we did know that like Kelsier stuck around after death, and that like he like held preservation briefly. But now we actually got to see it and what that means.
2: I'm curious for those of you who were around at that point in time and getting those wobs whether you felt like that diminished your view like your reading of the book because you already knew those things
0: it didn't really affect me because like i am a journey before destination reader like spoilers like don't inherently ruin the experience for me it's like i was excited to see like okay like i know he's gonna pick up preservation eventually like how's that gonna work so, like, I was I was just excited to be seeing that sequence of events. Okay. The fact that I already kind of knew how it ended. Well, it's not too different from knowing that, like, well, like, Vin is going to take up the shard eventually, too. Like, Harmony is going to happen. We know the ending. And it's like, that wasn't a really a factor for me. I'm trying to remember to, like, my brain five years ago. I don't remember it really being a, a problem for me.
4: Yeah, I kind of in a similar boat in the most of the time if i'm avoiding brandon spoilers it's just because i want to have the fun of trying to figure out his twists before they happen which i never do but that's that's really it but it doesn't like inherently ruin the story for me if i know something ahead of time um and i've been spoiled on juicy things before and i've been like Mm -hmm. oh well so it, it's, it didn't really bother
1: me that much. For me, he, Secret History came out after Bands of Mourning. So it was, we knew what the big ending was going to be that I'm trying to dance around because yeah.
4: spoiler. Yeah, if, I had, if I had read those in the wrong order, then I would have been upset because that would have ruined a twist. It's, if the spoiler ruins a twist then I'm annoyed. But I don't think any of this really messed with any, any major twists.
3: I came into this way after basically everything. And I literally don't even remember when I learned that Kilsier was still around. It's, it's just a piece of knowledge that has always been out there in my brain. I don't remember where I learned most of this stuff back in like, 2017, 2018. I came in after Secret History had come out as well,
2: and I think I'm the complete opposite of Ian and Kaymath in that. Um, if I had learned beforehand, it would have changed how I viewed Secret History because, like, I really liked Kelsey in Final Empire and was really, really upset when he died. Like, really sobbing on my couch, upset and to go into secret history and to open the f- open the book and the first page says the name Kelsier that was such a moment for me that like I just mm. wouldn't have had if I had known beforehand that Kelsier had survived so it's just interesting how these things affect different people
0: that that is a very good point like knowing the possibility of like there being future Kelsier mm. stuff but like opening it and like seeing it as kelsey or like was a surprise to me too like i wasn't i didn't know what secret history was gonna be when yeah. i first read it so it's like i was also very excited because i'm like like oh like we're getting that story like going back to like spoilers not bothering me it's like i think i mentioned in hero of ages that like i got spoiled on like SaZed becoming harmony like when I was reading Final Empire, so it's like yeah, like spoilers. Unless I'm making a concerted effort to avoid them, spoilers don't bother.
4: Yeah, that would have would have upset me because that's spoiling a twist. But yeah. yeah, I have to say the other scene that I loved in
1: this is Kelsier playing Ruin's ghost and just torturing the Iry. Uh, it was hilarious. It's so, Kelsier just I- infiltrating the Iry in general. He's like okay, let's go ahead and scale the wall and sneak around and (laughs) cause as much trouble as possible. And he just has his absolute confidence that it's going to work. He has no, he's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. of course it's going to work. Of course it's going to do what I get. I'm going to get what I want out of this. And when he like
0: dives down into like, the ground and just like gets it so his mouth sticks up (laughs) and he talks and we're just like that's such a weird scene and it's like anybody who can see what's going on is just like that's hilarious but like for like the poor Irie who don't know what's going on it's terrifying the difference between comedy and horror is viewpoint one thing i did forget about is how much i do like the character of Kelsey. like it was fun seeing him again like He's a great character. I don't like his choices in life and unlife, but it's, it is a fun read.
3: So one relationship that I really, I wanted more of it, but I did like what we got, was Kelsier and Ruin, and not just their interactions, which which they had some good interactions, not just that, but Kelsier's kind of reaction and not development, but... The way he takes in the news that he's connected so much to Ruin, and just that realization, and then interacting with Ruin after that, I kind of, I wanted more of that, where he has to deal with the fact that his connection is to this, and that's the kind of person he is, and I'm interested if we're going to possibly get more of that in the future, I don't know, but... It would it would be cool to see more developments along those lines. I think Kelsey,
1: yeah. you're coming to accept the fact that maybe he's not as much of a good guy as he thought he was.
3: Also, ruin smirking and Kelsey, are going. Dang it! Do I look that insufferable?
4: <laughs> <laughs> yes, Kelsey. Yes, you do. But we love you for it.
3: Oh, we love you for it.
4: <laughs> I also
0: want to give props to Brandon for a lot of like the descriptive language in this book because th- there are a number of like really fascinating scenes like the the moment where Kelsier like kind of like dives into the well and Ruin notices him for the first time it's like the imagery of like this great it's not a great eye but it's like it has that feeling of like he's being observed and it's like the shifting but also, like both shards get this really beautiful, poetic description that I, I just want to read off. For Ruin, this force was time infinite. It was the winds that weathered, the storms that broke, the timeless waves running slowly, slowly to a stop as the sun and the planet cooled to nothing. It was the ultimate end and destiny of all things. Contrasted to preservation, it's like the infinity of a note held perfectly, never wavering. The majesty of a painting, frozen and still, capturing a slice of life from a time gone by. It was the power of many, many moments compressed somehow into one. And it's like shards. It's like we focus so much on like the singular word that is their intent, where it's like they are so much more. They are broad. Like they need poetry to describe them adequately. Like these are the first descriptions like like that we got for any of the shards. It's just like I want one of these. For all of them. Come on, Brandon. I want all of them.
4: Does anybody have anything else I can think of? More more Chris and Naz on screen, please.
0: Yeah, I think we're starting to get to the things we want full Cosmere spoilers for. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for watching. You can find us at 17th Shard for all the news, discussion, theories, and fun you could ever want. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud. You can leave us a review on iTunes. You can subscribe on YouTube and you can also support us on Patreon. See you next time. Bye. Bye.